Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 25th day of September. I'm Paul White. We enter the last work week of the month of September. Here's hoping that you are having a, off to a great start and having a great month of September. Uh, it is uh, some exciting times here in the ministry, and we've been getting some feedback from our podcast from a week or so ago. We talked about the the birthing of this new thing, the garden, and, and more stuff will be um, I'll bring more news to you as it sort of coalesces. A lot of things going on behind the scenes, but it's an exciting time to see what God is doing in where he's taking us in this hour. I'm at the, well, one of the most important aspects of our faith. That's where we are in the 16th chapter of Mark in our journey is in the resurrection. Uh, let me read one verse. Uh, well, actually, let's read two verses today, and we're going to talk resurrection for a few days. Mark 16 Six, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. I'm going to save some of the details of verse 7 for another day. What I want to do today is kind of break away from the exegetical verse by verse and just deal with that phrase from the middle of verse 6, he is risen. Of course, that's the famous phrase that marks Easter for all of us. He is risen. Response? He is risen indeed. Well, what's the what? What does this matter? Um, and if and I think most everybody knows, but sometimes we need to go back over this, and and it's something that needs to be in our consciousness constantly as believers. Well. We're dealing with it from Mark's version, but I want to step outside of that. I mean, every gospel deals with the resurrection, and every gospel deals with it in its own way, though not a single gospel describes how it actually happened. We get an empty tomb. We get a bunch of disciples slow to believe that it's actually happened. We get a prominence of women in in every one of the first appearances in the gospels. But each gospel has something that doesn't appear in the others. This is one of the few instances in this Jesus story where every gospel does bring something unique to the table. Um, And I'm not going to go into what all of those are. That's worth your own investigation. What I do want to do is look at the resurrection as a divine act involving all three persons of the Godhead. So what I'll do, you'll hear some pages turning because I'm going to turn in my Bible and look some of these verses up. But I want to show you from three different spots in the New Testament how we can show that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are actively involved in the resurrection. Jesus says this in John 10, verses 17 and 18, and this is at the bottom of his Jesus the Good Shepherd passage. Therefore my Father loves me, Because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. So there's Jesus asserting that he heard from his Father what he is to do, but that he has the power to raise himself up. This is the Son's involvement in resurrection. Listen to Paul at Antioch in Acts 13, beginning in verse 30. God raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings that promise which was made 
to the fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. As it is also written in the second Psalm, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken thus. I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he also says in another Psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. Here's Paul three times. I read for you six verses. Three times in six verses. Verse 30, God raised him from the dead. Verse 33, he has raised up Jesus. Verse 34, he raised him from the dead. So we have Jesus involved in the resurrection in John 10. We have God involved in the resurrection in Acts 13. And then in Romans, Paul's little brilliant little treatise to the Romans, in chapter 1, verse 4, he declared him to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. The Spirit involved in the resurrection of the dead. So this is the fullness whenever... Matthew closes his gospel and and Jesus is telling the disciples to go into all the world and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Emerge them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all actively involved and agree upon the resurrection. So go into all the world and emerge them in a resurrected Christ. That's part of the the immersion of the world in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is showing the resurrected Jesus. So when we get to the resurrection of Jesus, we're not merely at another biographical marker in the day-to-day earthly life of Jesus. We are at the event. It's not and and let me be clear. Resurrection is not the resuscitation of a corpse. It's not the revival of a broken physical frame that comes down from the cross and is buried and then just gets revived. It's a total transformation of the humanity of Jesus into the new creation reality of Jesus. This allows him to do, and we get a little bit taken with the whole disappearing and appearing one location to the other. But what we're really seeing is a glorified and deathless eternal body that is entirely unlike the body that went into the tomb. So that resurrection is not bringing back to life what has been dead. Resurrection is bringing something new to life that has never been. And that is such a staggering reality when you consider you and I have already begun to enter into our resurrection. What an amazing thing. Well, it's amazing because our our entire Christianity rests on the certainty of this as as both an occurrence in history and as the centerpiece of our faith. And you have to wrestle with the resurrection as victory over death, as the vindication that Jesus is righteous, as Jesus as the divine identity, Jesus pre-ascension, Jesus currently ascended, currently seated, currently reigning in heaven. If, if with no resurrection, you have none of that. 
Paul would even say to the Corinthians, if he is not raised from the dead, you are still in your sins. So this is it. This is that moment. Tomorrow, go tell his disciples and Peter. What's that mean? We'll get into that. See you then. God bless.